Good evening from Northern California. It's been a beautiful day today, very mild, considering it's the middle of July. It's time for another piece of the Lady in Gold, the extraordinary tale of Gustav Klimt's masterpiece, Portrait of Adele Blochbar. Anne-Marie O'Connor is the author. And my name is Robin Milne. Obviously, you know that. <laughs> the title of this is You Are Peace. In early 1937, when Vienna still wavered between winter and spring, Ferdinand's unmarried young niece, Maria Maria Blockbar, stood with guests of the family around the grand piano at their Stubenbesti. Stubenbaste apartment. A family friend, Paul Ulanowski, Ulanowski, sorry, was going to play for them. Ulanowski was one of Vienna's most popular pianists. Life in the Block Bar household revolved around music. Music quickened the pulse and stirred the heart. It lured the young Viennese out for feverish nights of tango. Music was dangerous. Ulanowski, the son of a Ukrainian singer for the Prague Opera, was a favored accompanist for singers in Vienna. In addition to being a fine musician, Ulanowski was sensitive and kind. As Ulanowski sat down at the piano, a young man stepped out of the crowd and boldly asked if the pianist could play Schubert. What a ridiculous question, Maria thought impatiently. Of course Ulanowski could play Schubert. Ulanowski was one of the best interpreters of Schubert in Europe. Who would dare ask such an impertinent question? Fritz Altman stepped forward. Ah, Fritz. Maria had nursed a crush on Fritz for months. Fritz, a lover of music, played saxophone in a jazz band and haunted the opera. She wondered what Ulanowski would make of his cocky audacity. But the distinguished Ulanowski merely smiled affectionately and introduced the opera singer Fritz Altman. Ulanowski began to languidly play the first notes of the sensual Schubert, Ode to Love, Du Bis Du Rue, You Are Peace. Fritz began to sing slowly and ardently. You are peace, the gentle peace you are longing, and what stills it? Fritz turned his gaze to his audience imploringly, as if he himself were overcome with yearning. Maria was startled. This was a stirringly romantic song of desire and fulfillment. It hinted at the private world behind bedroom doors, inside closed carriages, on picnic blankets, in hidden glens in the Vienna woods. A world Maria had yet to enter, though she had heard plenty about it from her best friend, Crystal. The breathless world of her favorite poet, Gott. Now Fritz conjured up this unknown realm of seduction. Maria 
felt chills run down her spine. I consecrate, I consecrate to you with all my joy and pain a home in my eyes and my heart. Enter into me and close softly behind you the gates of your gentle embrace. As Maria listened to Fritz sing, an unnamed feeling came into focus. Fritz sang on, drawing out the last words seductively. Drive the pain from my breast. May my heart be filled with your desire. Perhaps Fritz noticed the effect he was having, because now the Orphis turned to Maria and looked into her eyes, looked into her Looked, in, looked her into, in the eyes as if he were singing to her alone. The tabernacle of my eyes is illuminated by your radiance. Oh, fill it completely. As Yulinowski played the closing notes, Maria felt the kind of dizzying, weak-kneed thrill that electrified her when she rode the ghost train at the Prater below the giant Ferris wheel that spun over Vienna. The ghost train ran through dark tunnels which, where unchaperoned couples stole private moments to kiss and caress. I'd like to go on the ghost train with him, Maria whispered to Crystal. Fritz stood up for a moment as Ulanowski artfully interpreted the final stanzas and looked boldly at Maria. Maria looked up shyly, overwhelmed by an impulse that none of her suitors had ever awakened. The music stopped. Fritz turned away and walked across the room to sit down with a crowd of men. One of them pulled out a silver, silver cigarette case and offered Fritz a cigarette. Maria was crestfallen. Her poised older sister, Louise, would have walked over to Fritz and made a provocative joke. Maria was not that confident. As Fritz said his goodbyes, he treated Maria affectionately like someone's little sister. Maria hardly listened to what he said, and though she was a lively wit, she struggled to find clever words. Infatuation had made a fool of her. For the next few weeks, Maria made it a point to run into Fritz at a lunch or recital. Fritz clearly enjoyed the attention of this shapely young beauty, but though he flirted with her, he was casual and aloof. At a party at the apartment of mutual friends, Maria told Fritz how she admired the Raktor Raoul Aslan, Austria's leading man. Aslan had just starred in a stirring theater production of Faust about the man who sells his soul to the devil in exchange for the granting of all his earthly wishes. The Gold Classic had been given a jolt of relevance, relevance by the incendiary new Klaus Mann novel, Mephisto, about a young German actor who advances his career with the help of Nazi, of Nazi party patrons, betraying his lover, his friends, and his integrity. Mephisto was based on a real-life German actor whose career had been boosted by Emmy Goring, the actress wife of Hermann Goring commander-in-chief of the German Luftwaffe. Maria confessed she had always had a crush on the handsome Aslan. Fritz raised his eyebrows and looked at Maria with amusement. 
I wouldn't get my hopes up, Fritz said. He prefers men. Maria stared at Fritz blankly. He's a homosexual, Fritz said. He laughed at her surprise. He's a friend of mine. It's quite all right. He bent over and kissed Maria softly on both cheeks, French style, and left the party. Maria's face burned. He had treated her like a child. It wasn't as if she didn't know about homosexuality. A childhood friend of hers was already involved with men, and it was amused. Let's see. And it amused Maria greatly that her mother insisted on pushing him as an eligible suitor. Of course, she had heard rumors. Maria was simply disappointed that Raoul Aslan, the great sex symbol, was not interested in women. Weeks went by. Finally, Maria boldly called Fritz on the telephone. He was friendly, amusing, but cool. He never called to arrange a date. Her sister Louise, who had always been coy and self-possessed, was dismayed by Maria's lack of artifice. Men like delusive girls. Maria should never call. Fritz? Maria's brothers rolled their eyes and told Maria she was crazy. Fritz Altman was in love with another woman. He would be living with this woman except for one complication. She had a husband. Maria digested the news of this arrangement. She might have even met this woman at the same parties where she saw Fritz. Yet, if the woman was married, there was hope. Each time the butler, John, no, sorry, each time the butler, George, told Maria a young man had called, she was disappointed anew. It was never Fritz. And that is our special section tonight called You Are Peace. The next one is called Unrequited Love. We're now on page 81, if you're interested. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.